you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Airing the Addisons here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and you're joining me right now for Wednesdays with Will. Wednesdays with Will. I'm happy to be here. You know, one of the things that I say pretty often is when we make less of Christ, we make more of everything else. When we make less of Christ, we make more of everything else, and it's so true. We can see that happening uh, in our world today. Just to let you know that you can email us at a- addisons at AFR.net, addisons, A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S, at AFR.net. You can follow us on Facebook. Just search Airing the Addisons. Uh, and also, we have a Marriage Family Life date night that's coming up uh, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. That'll be August 24th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And you can register and get more information at marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. The date nights are just something that we do to really uh, celebrate marriage, give you a chance to have a date night because that can be hard. That can be hard. So you can plan for this. Uh, You can have the children, you know, uh, with family or whatever. But just you two able to come out and to join us uh, to celebrate God's design for marriage and family. We know they're trying to define it all kinds of ways, but biblically speaking, one man, one woman for life. And so we celebrate marriage. And so if you come out to our ma- uh, marriage family life date night, you'll have a lot of fun. We, we'll, we'll play a game and we have a, a, a meal. And also Miki and I will share uh, something from the word of God. And so if you're able to come, that's in Hattiesburg, August 24th. And it will be from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Now, you have to register because we need to know how many people are coming. Uh, So you have to register. So make sure you do so. Also, this is uh, exciting. Uh, You have heard a couple shows that we have done uh, talking about the Leviathan mom. And, you know, uh, we we I think we've done two. But right now at the AFA Resource Center, uh, you can get. The Leviathan Mom in black and pink. Those shirts are available if you go to afastore.net. It's black and pink, uh, all black with the pink letters. And on the back, these these uh, shirts have the Erin the Addison's logo on the back. So pretty cool, pretty cool. And you may ask, what is a Leviathan Mom? Because that can be, you know, like you can hear so many different things about Leviathan. You know, oh, uh, well, and you'll, you'll read this on on the site, if you go to afhstore.net, you search Leviathan Mom a T-shirt. So what is a Leviathan Mom? Well, as our culture grows increasingly wicked and hostile to truth, moms must be braver, stronger, and more dedicated to the cause of protecting their children. And this is something that uh, that Miki uh, had on her heart. Uh, she, Like I said, we, we've done a couple of shows about this and what it really means. And so Actually, from one of the listeners, we were like, well, if, if you guys created a shirt, 
I'll I'll get one because that's me. And so that's what we we did. Uh, also say we must be like the Leviathan described in uh, in the Bible in Job 41. What God tells Job that this creature is unmatched on earth. No one can stand against it. No one is so fierce that so fierce that he dares to stir him up. The Leviathan mom is a mom who is committed to protect protecting her children against cultural indoctrination. Uh, she is the mom who is not afraid to stand between her young and this world. Uh, this mom is so strong that onlookers onlookers declare she is a creature without fear. And so, look, uh, this for our moms out there, but you can be a Leviathan grandmom. You could be a Leviathan dad. And I wouldn't get this shirt because it says mom. We, <laughs> we don't have the dad shirts yet. But uh, this is something just to, um, you know, go along with the scripture and, and, and to uh, it's almost like a, 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 a call, you know, to be those who are vigilant about protecting uh, their children. And so if you would like to get a shirt, you can go to the AFA Resource Center at afastore.net. Like I said, it's the black shirt with the pink letters and the Leviathan and also on the back, the airing the Addison's logo. So check that out today, 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 today. Um, I want to start off by saying that I, I will be dealing with some, uh, I, I feel like, sensitive information. And as we do on the show, we would like to let parents know that some of the things that I'll, I'll be speaking about, you know, may not be suitable for the young years. Um, but I believe that it will be a blessing to so many, you know, and I'm praying that it will be a blessing to so many. You know, we don't do anything for shock value or just to say like we, you know, uh, to talk about this for ratings. None of that stuff. As the spirit of God leads us, we speak. We see this show as a way and as a tool that God has given us to be able to encourage the body of Christ to stand in our day. And so we see it as that. We see this as strictly ministry like we really do. You know, Miki and I, our background, we were missionaries to the uh, secular universities for years. And so missions is our heart. And so even as we approach this show, airing the Addisons, we see it as a, a missionary endeavor because we are about, you know, the uh, souls of lost people being saved. We're about the Great Commission. We're about being ambassadors for Christ and about strengthening the body of Christ, encouraging one another. So we like to use this show to do so whether it's encouraging you and your families, encouraging you and your marriages, that's what we're about. And so today I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about a topic that's near to my heart because it's something that I feel like the Lord has um, delivered me from. And I, I want to speak a little bit about deliverance because that's a word that can be, uh, can feel antiquated at times. Like we don't talk about deliverance a lot within the body of Christ. And we should, because God is a God who delivers. He delivers. And so, but I want to talk about something today. Um, and like I said, just, just now, we have to understand that God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And he has done great and mighty things in the past, and he's doing great and mighty, mighty things now. We can depend, depend upon God. We can we can lean upon him. And if there are things in our lives that we are stumbling and falling over, man, God is able to 
deliver us from those sins or whatever it may be, those weights that so easily beset us as the word says. And he's able to set us straight and, and help us to walk uh, uprightly before him. I wrote a, an article um, for the stand a while back. And so I'm going to revisit this article and I'm going to talk about some things today. And really, this was stirring in my heart from yesterday because of our brother that called. And I believe he was from Kentucky. And he was sharing about how um, he had a, an addiction to pornography and how it went all the way into his marriage, how he grew up in the church. And but this this whole thing, you know, stayed with him. It was an addiction. And he found freedom when it, when he was exposed, when his wife found out what he was doing. That was when he was able to be free from this. And I'll tell you right now, you know, sin thrives, thrives in darkness. When you put light on it, you know, it has the, the power of it, 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 it greatly diminish. And so the, what the enemy tries to do is to cause us to be uh, silent and have secret sins that we, we almost have like pets that we harbor within our hearts. You know, nobody can know about this. You know, I would be so embarrassed or they wouldn't understand and, and I would be seen in a different light. The enemy really plays upon that because he wants us to keep those sins secret. And pornography is one of those sins that the, the enemy really used to try to cause uh, 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 not, not godly conviction, but condemnation upon a person, you know, to keep you in that spot, in that darkness so that you can't be free. But I wrote an, an article for the stand, for the AFA stand, a, a while back, and it was in light of Psalm chapter 32. And I felt like the Lord was really uh, speaking to my heart about, about this as it pertains to pornography. And I want to read that article, and I want to talk about some things uh, pertaining to this, because what I do know is that this is an issue. You can cast the net out there, and you're going to catch a lot of fish with this issue, um, because it's so prevalent within the body of Christ. There are some people listening to me right now. You have an addiction to pornography. <laughs> and and, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's not like, I'm, you know, having a, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. It's just the, the facts. It's the stats. It proves it. Like this is happening and it's ravishing the church. Not only that, but just sexual sin uh, altogether. It, it's ravishing the church. And it's something that the Bible speaks about sexual sin as we are hurting ourselves when we engage in that. That's, that's sins that's done against our own bodies, you know. And it's, it's one of those things, man, where the enemy really tries to keep us on a rope, have us struggling, have us, you know, oh, feeling victorious for seasons and then falling again. But is there deliverance? You see, there's a discussion I, I, I've been seeing on social media with some Christians you know, uh, talking about identifying the spiritual nature of things, like even talking about mental health. A lot of times we don't like to say that that could be affiliated with some spiritual things that's going on. Yes, it's good to get counseling and therapy. You can do that, you know, preferably Christian counselors, you know, and people that can can really give you the word of God. But some of these things just need to be identified as oppression. The enemy tries to oppress Christians. I didn't say possess. I said oppress. 
There's oppressiveness that the enemy will try to put upon believers of God to cause us to live in fear, to cause us to live uh, 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 in, a, in a way that, that, that's not pleasing to the, to the Lord, that we are bound up, and there should be deliverance from that oppression. It happens. And there's a spiritual nature. Some things we want to give medical names to, man, it has a spiritual name already. <laughs> it has a spiritual name already. It has, it's, it's something that can be identified even from the word of God as this, as this is, you know, the enemy oppressing a believer. And so, but there's deliverance. The reason why, one of the reasons why this whole notion right now out there about being gay and Christian is able to have any traction is is because there's a segment of believers that don't believe that God can totally deliver from sin. Man, God can deliver from sin. It's not, you don't, you don't make sins and things like that comfortable in your life. By saying I'm a Christian, this or I'm gay and Christian, or I'm, and we don't even do that with other issues. We don't say I'm a I'm a gay I'm a Christian adulterer, or things like that. But the reason why you can even do that is because there's a belief that people can't be set free. God sets free; He can set free. One of the reasons that He came was to set captives free. We're going to talk, you know, uh, about those scriptures. But I, I want to read, and I, I, I'll start maybe after this break. But I want to read this article that I wrote and kind of visit some of the points. But man, the encouragement is that if you're bound right now in any type of, of, of sin, and I'm going to highlight pornography because that's something that God delivered me from. Praise God. Praise God. So I know that he can do it. I've, I've experienced it. But I want to talk about this issue because I know it's a prevalent issue. And I know it's something that has to be addressed. And a lot of times we don't like to talk about these type of things. But man, there's freedom in exposing these sins. There's freedom in it. And if you're out there and you're struggling with this, I gave my email address, addisons at AFR.net. I have some resources that I might be able to give to you uh, to help. And I'm going to mention on this show as well. But man, God, don't give up. Don't just say, I'm just going to be like, I had gotten to a point where I said, God, if you don't change me, if you don't set me free, I'm just, I'm going to be like this. I can't do anything else. And God delivered me. So I know that he can do it. He did it for me. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be back right after this. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison. You're listening to Wednesdays with Will, and we're talking about 
deliverance. We're talking about pornography. We're talking about just sins in in general. Uh, and I want to just say again that I have experienced firsthand that God is able to deliver from the grips of sin. As I was hearing my brother speak yesterday when he called in, uh, talking about his situation and how God exposed uh, him and his wife found out we was doing that. That was the point where he uh, found freedom. I heard the the pain within his voice, man. I I heard that because that it's a struggle, you know, and especially when you're actively fighting to to uh, overcome that sin, you know. That when you're not in a place where you it, it become like a transgression or iniquity, where it's like you're you just you know, given over. But when there's a fight and there's a struggle, man, you know, I understand that. And I heard the pain in his voice, in his voice. I heard the seriousness, the soberness, and I could identify with what he was saying, you know, and in light of that, you know, I was thinking about him and I was like, man, this is something that we going to have to address ongoingly because it's a huge issue within the church, not only uh, pornography, but sexual sin in general, and we don't like to talk about these issues because they get kind of, you know, uh, sticky or whatever. We feel like, ah, man. And sometimes, you know, we don't talk about it because we're engaging in those sins that we would speak out against. Let's be real. But man, you know, God is able to deliver, to deliver. And so I, I want to read to you what I wrote a while back in light of Psalm uh, 32. Uh, the Bible does not tell us explicitly the situation surrounding Psalm 32, verse uh, 3 through 5, but there's a lot of wisdom and understanding to be gained in the application of acknowledging, confessing, repenting, and receiving forgiveness regarding sin and transgressions. In light of the pervasive uh, issue of pornography, we see today in our churches, both among leaders and in our congregations, Uh, Psalm chapter 32, verse 3 through 5 is a reminder and encouragement and great comfort for those entangled in the sin of pornography. In Psalm uh, chapter 32, verses 1 and 2, it starts us off with jubilant praise and recognition, saying, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, (laughs) whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute or ascribe iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. We get a picture of the freedom in, in, in having our sins forgiving, forgiven, our sins being covered and dealt with by us uh, and God. We see the joy of iniquity not imputed by the Lord and the freedom of not living under the scourge of deceit from living a double life. Look, when you're a Christian and you're engaging in and sin on an ongoing basis where you're practicing sin, you are living a double life. You are A lot of times what you're presenting on the outside, and I've lived it, is not really what's happening behind the closed doors. And that's a terrible place to be. That was, for me, torment. It was torture. I hated it. I hated it. When you are entrenched in pornography as a follower of God, you are living a deceitful life. It presents outwardly as a pristine, clean veneer, but in essence uh, is inwardly filthy, disgusting, and full of shame. And full of shame. I'm going to say when transgressions are forgiven, there's a weight 
that's lifted off of us because as it states in Proverbs chapter 13, uh, verse 15, the way of the transgressor is hard. Man, look, I lived it. It's hard. It's hard to cover up. You try to cover your own sin or trying to cover your own back so that people don't know. You know, you're trying to present outwardly that you're this and you're not. Man, that's a hard road to travel. We are no longer trying to cover our own secret sin by making excuses for them or by pre- pretending that we don't struggle and even fall to them. The covering takes place when we are humbled and do what David did in Psalm chapter 32, verse 3 through 5. And it says, when I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away with the uh, fever heat of summer. Selah. He said, I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity, and I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave what? The guilt of my sin. That's a powerful, powerful thing. You forgave the guilt of my sin. And there are a lot of, of lessons in these verses. First, a David admits that for a season he kept silent about his sin. And this is what we do because we think nobody can see or nobody knows. But I was teaching my, my youngest sons this morning about how God is omnipresent, how he's everywhere, and he sees. He's the God who's he's El Roy. And I was teaching them that God is omnipresent, that he's omnipotent, you know, that he's omniscient. And, you know, I was, I was trying to break it down. I know these were big words for my seven and, and five, soon to be five year old. But I wanted them to know how powerful God was or is. Let me not say was, is. <laughs> and so I wanted to, I was explaining to them that, you know, he sees when we're not acting right, when we're misbehaving. He sees when we're, you know, doing things that we're not supposed to. He knows our thoughts. Man, he's. God, he is God. So there's, there's a lesson in these scriptures. There's a lesson in these scriptures. We do the same thing, thinking that we don't have to confess to God what we are struggling with. He already knows, though, right? We also do this because of the shame of sin. We play ourselves by thinking that if we can just keep it silent, then we will defeat it or these besetting sins will just go away. Often, often, we trick ourselves into believing it's not that bad by thinking it's not that bad. At least I don't do these other sins. That's what we say. You know, I'm not like that. We try to compare ourselves to to other people. We are are playing right into the devil's hand. And then I go on to say that pornography grows, and I said this before, pornography uh, grows and thrives in darkness. And when we are silent before God and our family in Christ, then we give it all the fuel it needs to continue to grow. So what are, are the effects of, of, of silent, unconfessed sin? Well, David admitted he was physically affected by his sin and his silence. Wow. So it manifested in a physical way. 
that he was holding this sin in secret. Pornography affects its, vic- its victims uh, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Your mind is not the same when you've been viewing things like that. Mentally, things are changing. And spiritually, man, it has a, a great effect on your spirit. The weight of carrying around sin can lead you into the darkness of depression, ineffectiveness, and mental slavery. Pornography has been shown to be linked to depression, anxiety, and reduced cognitive function. And research has shown that porn can also alter brain uh, placidity. And so your brain is altered. When you watch this stuff, it's physically changed. And the thing about this, and whatever you're viewing, even if it's not uh, uh, pornographic, you know, man, these things have a way, and speaking about pornography, it has a way of being embedded in your mind. And so there's no delete button in your head where you can say, oh, delete that, it's gone. It takes the work of God through the, the washing of the water of the word to renew your mind so that you can think correctly about this issue. Because it changes, it can change your mind. Watching porn has been shown to cause changes similar to those reported with long-term drug use. This is what we're doing. And, it's, and I'm going to get into some of the numbers of, of, in the church, the Christians. Because I'm not, I'm not primarily speaking of, of people who are in the world. I expect them to do things that are sinful if they're away from Christ. But I'm talking about us, the people of God. Right? Pornographic sin kept silent has an effect on the body and literally causes uh, it to de- uh, deteriorate and a, and a wasting away of our brains. Physically, I remember feeling sick when I first began watching hardcore pornography. Physically sick. The crazy thing is after that sickness passed and I went back to consuming porn, the sick feeling was overwritten. See, that's the scary part. We can watch this stuff. So often that we can override, you know, uh, our conscience, we can override, more important than that, the, the spirit of God that's trying to convict, of, convict us of sin. <laughs> For the Christian, keeping silent about unconfessed sin brings conviction. David said that day and night God's hand was heavy upon him. This was the case because of David's unconfessed secret sin. And as a Christian man, uh, the conviction we feel from the Holy Spirit is God's mercy upon us to move us to repentance. Praise God if you are still feeling this conviction. If you are still, if you are battling and fighting and struggling, praise God that you have that conviction, that your mind is not reprobate. It's a sure indication that you are his. Don't get to the point where you override this conviction. This is a very dark and destructive place leading to reprobation and the end of that is unrestrained and unfettered wickedness. For the Christian, any unconfessed, uncovered sin brings physical, mental, and spiritual weakness. David said, my vitality was drained away as with the, the, the fever heat of summer. Selah. The literal heaviness of sin, the draining of the vitality and the exhaustion of carrying around transgressions and sins play out in these ways. 
I remember being drained because my mind was always being consumed with pornographic thoughts and trying to battle those thoughts because I was also being convicted by the Holy Spirit. That's a terrible place to be, man. The struggle of telling myself I'm never going to do this again. I'm not watching this stuff anymore. You go through all those things. Yet within hours of making this grand confession, I was right back online while looking over my shoulder to make sure no one is coming in the room to, from behind to expose me. The oppressive depression is like a cloud over your head. This saps your vitality. This bondage causes you to feel drained. The good news is it's an oppression that God can deliver us from if we humble ourselves and confess and forsake our sin and transgressions so that God can begin to sanctify us. We have to be transparent before God first and then before man. I want to start right there because I do want to share some of, and I may pick up with it, but I do want to share uh, some of these statistics. I want to share some of these, some of these stats um, concerning sexual sin and pornography uh, specifically. All right? So this is a resource. There's a website called Proven Men, P-R-O-V-E-N, men.org. Uh, and these are a few stats. They have a whole bunch of stats, but they have more than stats. This is a, a ministry that really wants to work with the local church. And I, I'm, I'm going to try to get a, a representative on someone that works with them to interview them. But they want to work through the local church to help men and women, you know, to be free from this addiction. So under the heading of frequency of pornography viewing by self-identified Christian men, the question was posed how often do you look at either a, a pornographic image or video? So only 3% of adult U.S. Christian males claim to have never viewed pornography. 3%. Approximately two-thirds, 64% of Christian men admit that they, they, they view pornography at least monthly. Now think about that. At least monthly. 64%. With respect to Christian men between 18 and 30 years old, 77% look at porn at least monthly and 36% look at porn at least daily. Within the Christian community, 54% of those identifying themselves as born-again Christians admit to viewing porn at least monthly and 14% admit to viewing porn daily. Only 5% of born-again Christian men claim that they Never looked at porn, 5%. That's crazy. Think about that. Single Christian men look at porn more frequently than married men. For instance, 7 in 10, 70% of single Christian men look at porn at least monthly. And 1 in 4, 25% view porn at least daily. However, over one half, 55% of married Christian men admit that they still look at porn at least monthly and over one in 10, 11% married Christian men look at porn at least daily. Now these are the numbers that they know about. It may be much higher than this, but that is where we are. That's just one stat. That's the frequency. Look, this is something that is ravishing the body of Christ. How can we pray on one hand for an awakening 
and we have all this garbage going on at the same time. Man, we have some work to do with God. <laughs> this is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Be back right after this. Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and you're joining me right now, Wednesdays with Will. And we're talking about uh, secret sins. We're talking about pornography. We're talking about deliverance. And I want to make sure that I highlight that, that God is a God who today, present day, he delivers from sin. Like he delivers. You know, it's not a case where you just throw up your hands and say, well, this is just how I am. Man, the Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians 5.17, when my brother Dave gave me as a birthday scripture, you know, if any man is in, uh, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away, and behold, new, new things have come. You know, uh, like God, when we come in contact with God, he totally changed our lives. He can deliver us from all sin. It don't matter how big it may seem to you in your heart, and even the struggle, because there is a struggling. You know, but God can deliver. God can deliver. And I was given some stats from a website called Proven, ProvenMen.org. Um, and we just talked about the frequency of pornography. Uh, now, I want to do this again. I want to give uh, the email address, Addison's at AFR.net. If you have, you know, a question, uh, a prayer concern, you know, uh, you want you know, just some this website, you know, you, you need to have it in the, in the email form so you can go to it. Addison's at AFR.net because I know, and like I said, it's not because of some, you know, uh, great spiritual knowing. I just know that this is a real deal issue within the church because it's been researched, the stats, you know, and, and we can see the weakness, <laughs> the manifestation of the weakness in the body of Christ. And a lot of this is stemming because of these sins. So the next thing, um, this next stat, it was a question based on the under, understanding of an addiction. And the question is, have you ever thought uh, you might have an addiction to pornography? So two in 10, 21% of self-identified Christian men of all ages uh, either think that they are addicted, 15% are un, unsure, or 6% if they are addicted to pornography compared to 1 in 10, 1 in 10 non-Christian men. So the rates are even higher for those identifying themselves as born-again Christians, with nearly 3 in 10, 27%, either believing that they are addicted, 18% are being unsure, and 9% if they are addicted to pornography. Younger Christian men are even much more likely to think that they are addicted to porn, which also corresponds to the more frequent amount of viewing porn as shown above. We talked about that. Over 4 in 10, 44% of young Christian men ages 18 to 30 think they are addicted, and 32% are, uh, might be addicted, 12% to porn. So 
it's a and it's highly addictive. You know, it's like I said before. You know, some of the manifestations are like that of long-term drug use. It changes and alters your mind and your body. Man, a, a lot of people, and I've seen this before, where they said that serial killers and stuff like that, they have some type of background where they had some porn addiction. Like these, these things are real. It's a spiritual thing, and God is able to deliver. Another question from this website, provenmen.org. Uh, thinking back, now this is, this is something that I'm hoping that you parents, that your, your ears would, would perk up. Um, thinking back, at what age do you remember seeing your first pornographic image or video? Or have you ever seen pornography? So this, this is the age first exposed to porn by self-identified Christian men. So the answer to this was uh, before being of driving age, 16 years old, more than three-fourths, 78 percent of Christian men have viewed porn. 78 percent before 16. With me, I was like 11. <laughs> uh, with with uh, respect to Christian men between 8 to 30 years old, the numbers rise to 89 percent that have viewed porn before their 16th birthday, 40% had viewed porn before turning 12 years old. That would have been me. And 22% had viewed porn before nine years old. And think about what's going on in our schools today, what they're pushing. It's, man, it's, it's even younger than that now. Like, I think these stats, you know, are accurate. But I think it's growing in a direction of younger and younger and younger because of the things that we talk about day in and day out on this show. What they're trying to do in indoctrinating our kids and, and sexualizing our children. It's going to have an effect on our society. But more than that, it can keep our kids from heaven. Like we have to be serious about these, these, these sins. And I know I'm not, I'm not talking about just the uh, outward changing, you know, I know purity starts within our hearts because outwardly you can be expressing something and saying and not doing something, but inwardly you can still have thoughts and desires and things going on. But man, we are in a war and they are trying to uh, grab our children younger and younger to sexualize them, to cause confusion. And so, man, if the numbers are, are this from this site, I believe that as they continue to do work, they're going to find that the younger the child is, the, the larger that number is going to grow, you know, that they've seen porn. Man, this is a, a red alert. We have to deal with this stuff. We have to have conversations with our children, you know, about this stuff. Because, man, again, there was someone who used to always, always say it was a, a leader that I had when we did campus ministry, that the world... Just like we want to evangelize as and witness as Christians, the world, they're, they're trying to evangelize for their cause. And a lot of times they're doing a lot better than what we are. Another stat. So the primary source of sexual information by self-identified Christian men. And again, I'm reading these from the angle of Christian men. But this site, if you go to this site, it has some stats about women as well. I don't want to make it like this is only men. I'm a man, so I'm talking to men. Uh, you know, and I, I believe that it can relate in that way. 
But this is not just, you know, relegated to, to men. Women deal with this stuff as well. More and more as time goes on, the, the numbers are increasing with women as well. But this stat, so the question is, growing up, what was your primary source of information about sex? This is very important. Where are you hearing about sex? Is it from, you know, uh, Peanut and Pookie on the block? Or is it from your parents at home? It should be from the parents at home. It's not a comfortable topic to talk about all the time. But, man, you better talk about it because they're talking about it in the streets. Believe me. I learned a lot from peers, from peers. So here are the, uh, the stats. Nearly one quarter, 23% of Christian men between 18 to 30 years old considered pornography to be their primary source of information about sex while growing up. So watching porn for them was their primary way that they learned about. Man, that's, that creates twisted minds. If that is what's informing you about sex, that's messing people up. Nearly two in 10, 19% of born-again Christians also listed porn as their primary information about sex. Friends, friends, friends top the charts for all age groups as the primary source of information about sex. You hear about this on the playground. You, they're, hearing, they're, they're talking about this at school with their uninformed selves. They're, they're, but they're talking about what they're, what they're viewing and seeing and a lot of what they're doing. So as Christian parents, we can't be bashful. We have to talk about this at the appropriate age, yes. But, man, it's a conversation. They need to understand the beauty of what God has created. Not this distorted, perverted thing that they're being handed in schools and everywhere else. Media, man, come on, man. Parents dip to third for men between 18 and 30 years old. Parents, that's, that's, that's the lowest one. Fourth for men between, between 31 and 49 years old. And second for men over 50 years old. So the older the, 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 the man the more likely that their parents, and that's only half, <laughs> but that their parents told them about it. But as time goes on, man, what's, what's informing the kids? YouTube and, you know, peers, people outside and what's on TV. That's how they're learning about sex. A couple other stats, and I'll be done with the stats. And there are plenty more. If you go to provenmen.org, Man, they, they really do a good job. They're dedicated to uh, seeing people set free from this addiction. So the next one was access to porn apps or programs by self-identified Christian men. So the question was, do you have any cell phone applications or computer programs that are designed to provide access to sexually explicit content? So one in six, 17% of Christian men have installed a cell phone app or some form of a computer software that is specifically designed to provide better access to sexually explicit content, which is the same rate for married Christian men. This is a pandemic, y'all. <laughs> you want to talk about a pandemic? This is like ravishing the church. 
nearly one-fourth, 23% of Christian men ages 18 to 30 have installed a program or app to enhance pornography viewing. And this last stat, porn use at work. So the question is, how many times have you looked at pornography while at work in the past three months? Nearly two-thirds of U.S. adult men, 63%, admit to having looked at pornography at least one time while at work in the past three months. So this is just not relegated to Christian men, but this is adult men. 63%. We have a, we, we, man, we have a sickness. We have a sickness. But I want to inform you that God is able to deliver. He's able to deliver. We are not hopeless, y'all. The only time you're hopeless is when you buy into the lie that God does not deliver today, that you can make your sins comfortable, that you can be Christian and this, Christian and that, that is already acceptable in the culture today, but that's not acceptable in the body of Christ. First John chapter three, verse eight, the one who practices sin is of the devil for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The son of God appeared. Why? For this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. The son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Pornography is a work of the devil. Luke chapter three, verse 14 to 21. And Jesus returned to Galilee uh, in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through all the surrounding regions. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the people in the synagogue were intently directed at him. Now he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in, in your hearing. And I'll stop right there. Jesus has come to destroy the works of the enemy, destroy the works of the devil. He has come to set captives free, release to captives, to set free those who are oppressed. He's the same God, y'all, today. And he can do the same thing in your life today. Don't buy into what this culture is saying. Don't buy into, oh, man, that was just in the past. That's biblical days. It's the same Lord, the same God. He's able to break those chains today. I have experienced and many others and many others. And I praise God for his delivering power, his delivering work in the life of his people. Again, I want to give you the email address, addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net, and I'll do my best uh, to communicate with you. I'll do my best. But I know that this is an issue that I will revisit again and again and again because it's an issue that should be addressed. And I want to have some guests on to talk about this. 
but we have to experience the freedom that God gives. We can we can experience that. It's not a far gone thing that God delivers. He still delivers today. But this has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio Wednesdays with Will. Thank you for listening. And tomorrow we will be back, Lord willing. Until then, God bless.